Since we're looking at a new year ahead, I thought it would be appropriate for us to have a message that challenges us to have the right kind of... When we look at the writings of the Apostle Paul, it seems evident to me that he was one who loved sports, and so I connect well with him. We're going to see a picture today of a race, a journey, if you will, and hopefully it will be helpful for you as you look at this coming year, as you look ahead. And you will count the cost of some dangers and discouragements that might come your way. But also very much so that you, so that you can have the best year that you have had so far. I think that's a great goal for you. Why don't you plan right now on having the absolute best year that you have ever had. Now there might be some of you that say, okay, I'll accept that challenge. There might be some of you that will say, you know what, that sounds like a pretty big uh, thing to do. Best year I've ever had. Aren't you aware of what's going on around us in the world? I'm fully convinced that you can have the very best year of your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. When we think of sports, there are some that are very appealing to me. There are some that are not appealing to me. One that's not so appealing to me is running a marathon. Anybody here ever ran or been part of a marathon before? Anyone in the room? Okay, all right, I see a few hands. That's a long ways. 27 miles is a marathon. Now, a few years ago, true story, a woman named Beth Ann Deciantis, she was preparing for a marathon, but it wasn't just any marathon. She was taking it up another level, and she wanted to qualify to run a marathon in the 1992 Olympics. And so she was preparing for this, and she knew the time that she had to beat, 27 miles. I'm not sure if anybody here knows how fast you have to run 27 miles in order to qualify for the Olympic team in the United States. But you have to run it in an amount of, uh, let's see here, two hours, 45 minutes. Two hours and 45 minutes, 27 miles. Makes my legs a little bit tired just saying that out loud. Well, she was up for the challenge. She really wanted to qualify that year for the Olympics, and so she took on the challenge. And the day came and she got going into her race. And she was doing very well. She knew the pace she had to keep to qualify for the Olympics. And as the race went on, she found herself doing good up until about mile 23. And at mile 23, she felt some fatigue that was kicking in. And she started to get a little bit concerned. But she pushed through. She was able to go through the rest of that race, and she rounded the corner to the last straightaway. She had 200 yards left to run, and at that point, with 200 yards left to run and two minutes left to finish that stretch, she collapsed. She fell to the ground, and she was stunned quite a bit. She was down for 20 seconds of that two minutes that she had to qualify. Well, with everything within her, she gathered her strength and she stood to her feet and she started to go across that last 200 yards. And she got to where there was 50 yards left and then 25 yards left to where there was 10 yards left to the finish line. And then with just five yards left, she fell again. And she had just 10 seconds to get across the line in order to qualify. And so, on her hands, and knees, Beth Ann Deciantes crawled and made it across the finish line. Would you like to know what her final time was? Two hours, 44 minutes, 57 seconds. She just made it by three seconds. 
Now, I'm not sure if you running your Christian race, if you are feeling pretty good, you're feeling ready for this coming week, for this coming year, or if you are one who has had some fatigue set in. There's a lot of discouragement, and maybe some things that are telling you you're not going to be able to make it. What I'd like for you to do today with this message that we're going to talk about is I want you to use this message as kind of what they call those marathons and an aid station. If you're familiar with the marathons, they'll have these stations along the way where you can grab some water or maybe grab a power bar. Perhaps if you need some first aid, you can grab something there. They're set all along the way with the idea that it's going to help you finish the race. Well, you're going to finish the race, and I want to encourage you to have the best year that you've ever had. The Apostle Paul gives us specifically some commitments that we can put into our own lives that were a part of his life that can help us with this. And so the first thing that I see here that Paul did in his own life and that we can copy is we need to, approaching this coming year, if you want to make it a great year, you need to admit that you have yet to live up to your full potential. There's nobody here who has had a year of their Christian life and can look at the back, get to the end of it, of that year and say, man, I couldn't have done, I couldn't have done any better. When I think of my heroes in the faith, I think of the Apostle Paul. It's hard to imagine anybody who was a more committed Christian than the Apostle Paul. And even with all that he accomplished, we see in verse number 12 that he writes, not that I have already obtained this. And then in the same theme in verse 13, he says, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. And can I just share with you personally, I am so encouraged and glad that Paul wrote that. Isn't that good that the Apostle Paul wrote, even with all I've done, I haven't done enough. The Apostle Paul is saying, I have not yet done everything that I need to do. Now let's think about the writer. Just if you want some context for this, let's think about the writer of this, who said, I still haven't reached it yet. Remember, Paul left a lucrative career in order to go and be a church planter. Follow the Lord's lead. The Apostle Paul also was one who was abused for his faith. He was stoned, he was persecuted, and he was one who knew that what he was doing was going to cost him even more. And even though it cost him a big price, he still would do that. So Paul's got a pretty good resume, right? And then one more thing, and let me test your uh, New Testament knowledge here. The Apostle Paul, when he writes this letter to the church at Philippi, can anybody remember the location where he was writing it from? He was writing this from prison one of the Pauline epistles. And so Paul here said, he, he admits that he was not doing all that he could. And this guy, who was a hero of the faith, it's incredible that he would write that. And I totally identify with the Apostle Paul. Forty years of living the Christian life, and I have yet to get to the end of one of my years to turn around and say, Nailed it. Couldn't have done any better that year. Look at that. <sighs> Couldn't have done any better. No, I've never once been able to say that. 
Because in order for us to run the journey in a good way, we need to admit that we have yet to live up to our potential. It is good for you to agree with Paul in this statement. Good for you to agree that no matter how great a year you've had over the past 12 months, that you want to do even better in the upcoming year. This is actually a mark of your spiritual health. It is only the, the shallowest, the least mature of Christians that will consider themselves to be so healthy they couldn't possibly improve. And so everybody has room for improvement, and that leads us to the next uh, challenge that we get from Paul to make it a great year. And that is this. Don't give up on becoming what God wants you to be. We see this in verse number 12. I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Maybe for spiritual failure to come in is, is a difficult thing. And there are many people who have gone year after year and turned around and seen, seen that they blew it. And so there could be a temptation just to say, I quit. This is a very personal point with me because I've had a time in my past when I quit. I can remember specifically when God got a hold of my heart when I was a teenager, 17 years old. I can remember being in my room and, and calling out to him. And I can remember developing a habit of diving into God's word and prayer, getting involved in my church. I can remember a very public decision that I made in front of people so they hold me accountable to walk after God. And over the next several months, it wasn't like a light switch just got turned off, but instead it was just a slow fade where the Bible reading didn't quite interest me as much and the serving at church wasn't quite as exciting. And I wasn't getting the kind of joy and result that I wanted from this major decision that I made. It's not one of our main resolutions to give you a great year, but perhaps what I'm about to say is why God's had, God has you listening to this today. During those months when I was fading away from the Lord, I had family and I had some close friends that were believers that never let me go. Of course, but I had individuals they were praying for me. I can remember specific conversations with a brother praying for you. And I knew, I knew I, hadn't, I wasn't going the right direction. I can remember a friend who never gave up on me. I don't know how many times I've told him since then, thank you for never giving up on me. And it might be that you've had a pretty good year this past year and you've got a good one coming up but it might be that God wants you to be looking to someone who is starting to fade, who is discouraged in their walk with the Lord. And it might be that God wants you to be that one not only praying for them, but that constantly reminds them that you love them and that they need to, if it seems they're drifting away from God, they need to get closer with God. I praise the Lord for family and for friends who did not give up on me, and maybe you will be used in this coming year, to bring someone, bring someone maybe for the first time to walking closely with God, pray for them and encourage them. Or maybe you'll bring them back to that place 
where they need to be. I'm so glad there were individuals that prayed for me and didn't give up. The Apostle Paul says here, I have not yet lived the Christian life I want to. And so therefore, I'm not going to quit. Instead, he says, I'm going to press on to a life of fuller devotion to Jesus. And I love the reason why. He gives it right there in the text. The reason why, he's going to have the best year ahead of him. That's what he's pressing for. That's what he's going for. The best possible year that he could have. And the reason why is not because he got some kind of a new, fancy program. Organizational skills. It wasn't because of his big brains, and he had them, by the way. The reason why the Apostle Paul anticipated he was going to have his best year, and the reason why you, this year, no matter any circumstance that's around you, why you can anticipate having the best year is because it's not anything that is dependent upon you. But if you look in verse 12 there, it says, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. The power of Jesus Christ is in you. You have this wonderful opportunity to live an incredible life, knowing him and following him and being obedient and growing. Do not give up on what God wants you to be. Even if you've never seen it, even if you've tried it, I don't know how many people I've talked to that have said, I'm going to read through the Bible in a year this year. This is a lofty goal. You've got to do four or five chapters a day to make that happen. And so many people get going, and they're excited about it, and they're excited in January, and they're excited in Genesis. And if you know God's Word, oftentimes they'll get to the book of Leviticus, and then they're not so excited anymore. Five chapters of Leviticus, boy, that's enough to make anybody's legs weak. That's a tough one. Now, it is true that all the Bible is equally inspired, but we also know that all the Bible is not equally inspiring, necessarily. That's why when I read through my Bible, I do it in different sections. Part in the Old Testament, part in the New Testament, part in the Psalms. So I always get a balance. But so many people have given up. Let me challenge you. It will be a great goal for you this year to read through the Bible in a year. Or maybe read through the entire New Testament in a year. And if you've tried it before and failed, don't let that keep you from it. Don't give up on what God wants you to be. Some of you know deep down, maybe yourself or someone else who's going the wrong direction. I probably wouldn't have to give you very long to think of the name of someone who's a follower of God, and yet they're far from God right now. And if that's the case, they need you. They need a wonderful foundation of their faith that they have and the Holy Spirit working, but they need someone to tell them to turn around. Sometimes we simply ignore the, the warning signs. They're all around us. There's something within telling us the right way to go, and yet we ignore that. A few years ago, a 67-year-old Belgian woman named Sabine Moreau she was going to be a great friend. She had a friend that needed a ride, and she had to drive to Brussels about 90 miles away. And she said, I will give you a lift. I will give you the ride. And so this woman 
Sabine. She got in her car. She had everything ready for the trip. She knew about how long it was, but she had a GPS, which is going to take care of all of her problems. So she punched in the coordinates on the GPS. Then she would go, and she started to drive. And as she was driving, she went about 90 miles, and she looked at her GPS, and it said she had a lot further to go. And so she decided to keep on driving. And she kept driving, and she went past 90 miles, and then she went past 190 miles, and then she went past 390 miles. You see, she was in Belgium, which is up here, and she needed to, she needed to drive to, to Brussels, about 90 miles. And she went this way, here's Germany, here's France, she went past all of that, almost 800 miles, and when she finally got to Croatia, she said, I think I should turn around. She ignored all the warning signs. She ignored everything within her that said, boy, I'm getting awful tired from this 90 mile trip. She was just blindlessly listening to that GPS. If you have those signs around you or the Holy Spirit within that's telling you, follow me. I will not give up on you. Or if you have someone around you that you're supposed to be that one raising the warning flag, don't stop. It could be that this year is going to be the year that someone will remember you prayed for them. And you did not stop to encourage them to make this the best year yet. One more commitment that we find Paul says here, and this might be one that is the most appropriate one for you possibly. The last one that I see here in our text is that we should not allow the past to distract us from a Christ-exalting life. Do not allow things in the past to hinder you, to stop you from having a Christ-exalting new year. That's ahead of you. Look at verse 13. One thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. Some of you have had individuals that are around you that have hurt you in the past. We can just straight up call it sin. It's a horrible thing. Some of you live with decisions that you have made that you regret, that you will never be able to go back and to change. And I want to let you know that one of the greatest tools that the devil has is he wants you to waste your life getting hung up on things that are in the past. And you say, I just can't forget them. I can't stop thinking about it. I'm not saying you have to forget them. I'm saying that you need to view them as God views them. You see, when that pain comes from someone else, or even when you have chosen to do something wrong that you regret, you are a, here it is, you are a steward of that. It is part of your story. And the devil would love to take you and to sidetrack you just thinking about how you can't be used in the upcoming year or for the rest of your life because of that in your past. 
Now, in the context of what Paul is saying here, I think he's talking about the, the good things that he's done. The idea is he's not going to rest on his laurels. He's done so many great things, but he's not just going to say, time to retire. I'm going to coast now. He's going to keep working for God. But when we think of the Apostle Paul, think through his life if you've studied his life before. Can you think of things that others did to Paul that might discourage him from continuing to be faithful to God? Oh, boy. Life threatened, beaten, so much loss. Now let's go a little deeper. Back to before Paul's conversion, when he was knocked off his high horse. Is there anything in Paul's past that the devil might bring up and say, you think you can be used by God? Don't you remember who was standing there watching the coats when they killed Stephen? It was you. And whenever the devil is reminding you of your past, you need to remind him of his future. Do not allow yourself to be sidetracked because of things in the past. Have you known somebody like this? Have you known somebody that's just dwelling on something from so long ago? I can remember having a co-worker years ago and I was talking to him about church and about God, and he had some experience with church, and he just said, he said, Jeremy, you have no idea what I've done. And I know what God's word says. It can be forgiven. And not only forgiven, but if God has you here in this world at this present time, you're here for a reason. Not just coasting until the Lord comes back or until you die. You are here for a reason, and so do not allow yourself to be sidetracked by anything in your past. Don't allow the upcoming months to be held down by something that is part of your story. You see, you are a steward of that now. Paul says, I'm pressing on. He chooses not to dwell and live in the past things that he had done, things that were done to him. You see, he understood this lesson. And maybe it's a lesson that you need to take in for the first time. That the harmful things in your past can be taken by God and they can be made to use a platform to minister to someone else who maybe has a very similar background. Who would wish a difficult childhood on anyone. Who would wish abuse or addictions? None of us would. And yet God is the best lemonade maker that's ever been known to man. He can take anything that's in your past and turn it into something for your good and for his glory. He can turn it into something for your good and for his glory. We have confidence that he will take everything that we have and use it in a sweet way if we will just walk by faith. There's a young man who learned this lesson years ago. When I thought of this point, my mind went right to this story of a young man who had a very difficult upbringing. It was very dysfunctional. It was the stuff that movies are made of, just abuse and addictions. And he got sucked right into that lifestyle. By the grace of God, he was saved. 
Amen. And yet he had this baggage. And it was in the second year of college that he had a conversation with his spiritual mentor. And I want to read you the words that he said about his past and about the concerns that he had and about his attitude moving forward. He said, I always thought that the baggage of my past would be the thing that would limit my ministry. But God has shown me this semester that the things from my past are what will make my ministry possible. What a tremendous attitude. What a wonderful spirit. Understanding that he is a steward of his story. And so we don't say things like, why has this happened to me? And dwell on that. Instead, we look upward and we pray, God, can you use me and all that comes with me? Can you use this one? And if you're a student of God's word, you understand that God can use anyone. There has not been one yet that God says, I can't do anything with this girl. I can't use this guy at all. No one. It is amazing that God specializes in using the weak. And so don't allow the past to distract you from a Christ-centered life. And then I just wrap this up into one little takeaway. What can you do? Look for the goals that God would have you to set, and then keep on working towards those goals that God gives you. Is it possible that this coming year could be the best year of your life? I think yes. I think it could be. Looking at what you have and looking at the God that you have, you have everything going for you. What a wonderful opportunity God has given to us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, when we look to you, it is so clear your involvement in our lives. Lord, if we've been able to take a look at our Christian life, we understand where we should be today. We understand what we deserve. We understand, Heavenly Father, that we have been given this wonderful grace and mercy from you because of the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And God, I would pray for those that are hearing this message today. I suspect there's some skepticism when I say this can be the very best year of your life. Heavenly Father, would you allow us to look at the upcoming days like the Apostle Paul, pressing on, doing the work. We thank you that you will help us with this. And we praise you that we're not alone. With heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around, I just want to give you a chance to pray. We're going to take communion in just a moment. But before that, I'll give you a couple prayer requests as suggestions. One might be, he might pray that God is asking him to direct your plans for this coming year. Take a moment and pray that. Another possible prayer request is you might be here and you've never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. It could be that you've known about church a little bit, you knew about Jesus at Christmas time and maybe even Easter, but you've never understood that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins personally and he conquered the grave and the reason that he did that was so that you could have forgiveness and the way that you're forgiven 
is by asking him to forgive you of your sins and make you his daughter or his son. Take just a moment and pray. Whatever God's laid on your heart, take a moment to pray.